Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Corridor Digital Podcast. What's up, Episode everybody? 182. What's going on, everybody? I haven't been in a podcast for a long time. Yeah, we missed We you. found <laughs> Nico in the back hall of the studio. He was lost. We brought him back, and now here he is for He's your entertainment the, on the podcast. The space. Yeah, we're, well, yeah, I'm finally back for an important reason. I mean, if people watched any videos this weekend, they've seen the announcement, but Rock, Paper, Scissors 2, anime Rock, Paper, Scissors 2, is coming out in a week, at least a week of from when this podcast drops. Well, yes. six days, technically, from this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh, I like the style of like not announcing anything until it's really close. Like that's the way I like to do it versus like in three years, the new video game will come out that you're looking for. Right. It's just like, whatever, right. <laughs> you know, like announce it like, like they did tears of the kingdom where like comes out in three months. You're like, Whoa, you know, you get hyped. So yeah. Rock, paper, scissors too. We've been working on it since the first one came out. So basically oh. almost five months ago, four ish months ago, Oof. been yeah. nose down grinding for like the past two months, just every day doing shots and getting it out there. And it's finished and it's coming out in a week on corridordigital.com. So, mm. yeah. Can't tell you guys. It's been a journey and the mm, the improvements. It's <laughs> it's hard to watch the first one after seeing some of the shots from the oh, second yeah. one now. <laughs> 100%. It, it, it's like the first one was very cutting edge and groundbreaking and really cool and fun. But this one just, it's like, it's just so much more polished. Yeah, well, you know, it's like the whole idea of this technology at the end of the day is still to serve a story, to to make something cool. And we're like, man, if we can do, you know, six-ish minutes or so for the first one, let's let's do a full episode. Let's go hard. Let's, let's write a full episode of this wacky anime called Anime Rock, Paper, Scissors. And so we did. And then we shot it. We started shooting it. And, you know, about halfway through, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the first Rock, Paper, Scissors had 80 shots. And the new one has almost 400 shots. And it's not just like the process isn't just about like the AI part of it, you know, but effectively the the AI rotoscoping part of it. But it's still, you know, like twice as many or more shooting days. Uh, we have multiple characters, they have multiple costumes, they have way more environments. Just the pipeline, because every single shot is a visual effect shot when you're doing an animation. So you have to have a pipeline to manage every single shot, getting edited, getting labeled, getting exported into a proper folder structure, getting put into a spreadsheet going out to different teams, going through different stages of polish. And it, yeah, you basically had, we had to invent a whole post-production workflow to try to make it so you could actually <laughs> yeah, viably do. Well, that was one thing that typically you find on bigger productions. Oh, I guess Eliza's bringing me my phone. <laughs> See you later. Um, one thing you find on, on bigger productions, Sia, is uh, this concept of a technical editor or mm-hmm. like a... I'm not as sure if that's the right word, but somebody whose whose job it is is just to make sure that everything in the timeline is supposed to be where it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Because you get when you it's true, when you get 400 shots, you get 15 minutes. Usually 15 minutes is pretty manageable. You usually get this on like TV shows and movies, but for this circumstance, it was necessary. But you get all those different layers in there and, and you need somebody to just make sure that things are labeled correctly the heads and tails are correct it's it's matched with the right file source mm-hmm. like because that stuff can become a nightmare anybody who's edited anything beyond just like a dslr camera with mm-hmm. basic audio knows that timelines can become a nightmare yeah 100 so, percent. yeah yeah so we you know we built out a team for this you know dean has dean and sam are basically like the other two people that have been uh as involved as me like in this process like we're kind of like the core three and then from there 
Uh, Matthias has been, been our technical editor, as you described, uh, plus he's helped do some compositing. Kenson, um, also known as Recognition on Instagram. He's an amazing animator. He's been helping us out with a bunch of shots as well. And then we had this, so you have this thing where, okay, you write it, you shoot it on the green screen, you edit it, you have all these shots. Okay, so you, then you train up uh, uh, you know, an AI model to replicate these shots into a cartoon style. But then you now have 400 shots, 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 you know, 400 <laughs> shots that need to go through this process, but they also need to be composited and all that kind of stuff. So we actually built this team, this bounty hunting team of AI artists that would help us out. They'd grab the shots that we had and they would process those on their end. We'd be processing our shots on our end and all of us kind of worked together just to try to stay ahead of the other like team that was doing all the compositing and trying to just then take these shots, cut them out, put them on a background, et cetera. Um, we had an artist named Kytra, uh, who has an amazing like array of like AI work that she's been working on. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Jan helps us out a little bit. Another guy named uh, Eric or Enigmatic E. Uh, he actually has a YouTube channel with a whole bunch of great tutorials on how to install this stuff and get started. Uh, they mm -hmm. all jumped in and helped out, helped us process shots. And it was a really good time. And, you know, I think one of the first things that people are probably going to ask us is, did we make our own style? <laughs> this time around or did we use vampire hunter d again and yes this time around we made our own style that was actually one of the very first this is one of the things we wanted to do initially but i think what got lost in translation is like we're also a youtube channel that does experiments and just does things for fun and when we do that we're not really worried about intellectual properties we're just making stuff right yeah I don't really, it's for the yeah because yeah, otherwise you just get it's like a hard stop you know yeah. and you can't you can't really do that when you're experimenting and developing yeah, and I'm so, a big proponent yeah. of like approaching art like that. Like nothing's really off limits. It's it's ideas, right? And like sure, somebody can have an idea and kind of have it be their signature. But like, oh, Michael Bay does cool explosions with orange and blue color tinting. You can't do it. Yeah. Like, no, screw that. What if I want to do it? I'm gonna do it. Like, I like that style of martial arts. I like that style of cinema, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I also get that if you're going to then do something commercially and like take it to that next step, you do have to not just rip somebody else off and make it your own thing. But you know, with the first rock, paper, scissors to us, it was an experiment, but a lot of people saw that as us like intentionally ripping off Vampire Hunter D for their aesthetic. This time around, I guess like, okay. that was a success. Yeah. Cause yeah. we thought we, we didn't even know if we were going to release anything when we, didn't even we know if started work. that road. Yeah, yeah. When we started down that road. So yeah. Yeah. But you can't anyway. make you can't make data sets. You can't make concept art when you don't even know what kind of concept art you need <laughs> right, to draw. Exactly. Right? Step one is like, concepting. Yeah, yeah. let's just let's you... just start with an anime that already exists and see if we can even make our video look like it. That's where we were. Right. But then when that came right. out, I think everybody kind of took it for granted that it worked. Um, right. Not everybody, some people. Um, but regardless, like if you're an artist and you're creating, at some point you want it to be your voice. You want it to be your thing. You don't want it to be everybody to be like, hey, your your thing's cool, but it really looks like this thing. And then you just feel like you're a second tier, right? You want to be your own thing. Um, and so this time around, we, we developed our own art style. Basically, uh, I reached out to a buddy of mine that I've known since college named Josh Newland and had him or asked him to basically draw the characters in the new costumes that we had, you know, played by Dean and myself. And we also have Sam as a character. My wife, Ivy, is a character. Jordan Allen is a character in this. Um, we had him draw these characters and he drew them in a style that was similar to the first vampire or the first uh, anime rock, paper, scissors, but 
it's very much his style also like it has his the signature way in which he draws human faces and that kind of stuff which i really like which is why i reached out yeah. to him he also did old uh corridor t-shirts from way back in the day if anybody has one of the original like corridor yep. digital t-shirts we used to do <laughs> and it was um, very much inspired by vampire hunter d like yeah to be to be fair to that show i mean there's stylistically we liked that style we yeah the gothic to, anime to do... the 90s look yeah but it's, uh-huh. also, it's like a that is a distinct aesthetic across that period of mm. anime like it's just kind totally. of like a touchstone for something yeah. that you look at it and it definitely has its own unique style but you look at it and it just feels like this is that like gothic anime yeah, our, our style. Piece. anime rock paper scissors yeah i mean you can see that in so many different because like it like the reason that we're using vampire hunter d in the first piece is like this is a parody of anime yeah parody loving parody of anime. loving parody but yes <laughs> and this is not a generic film, but it's like this is a the style that people recognize as being anime. So like, yeah, if you were if we had brought on if we had a whole animation team to make that piece, we would say, look at Vampire Hunter <laughs> D because this is a parody. <laughs> and like, yeah. I feel like going forward with this one because it's a full episode because mm-hmm. it's trying to build a world and stuff. It's like it's got to find its own voice. I know? agree. Uh, yeah, I mean that was very much what we were trying to do and there's also the big question of like okay yeah sure when we can pull 100 pictures from a a cartoon that already exists sure it's easy enough to make a data set can we do it from scratch now which is a question we had to ask ourselves and an experiment we had to do and the answer is yes and it's a lot of work but yes it is entirely possible and there's cool things you can do in the process with these tools to let you say take 15 pictures that you've created and turn that into a full-blown data set versus like having to draw 150 pictures um but yeah you know yeah it we, was crazy how fast it got it yes which is i think just one of the really cool things about we the thought technology we were gonna have to do maybe double or even triple the amount of assets we gave it and we started mm-hmm. with one batch just thinking oh let's just see kind of how it does and it it got it really quickly yeah it, it's interesting because like you know, Josh started off doing pictures of Dean's character, I believe, uh, Prince of Jewels, exiled Prince of Jewels. And then he moved on to doing drawings of King Philip, my character. And then he went on to doing drawings of Sam. He did just some generic drawings of like character, like just people in this world. Uh, he did the Queen Elizabeth. Um, and as he did this, we also kept adding these to just an overall data set of his art so that we could, if we had another character that just needed to show up for like a frame, we could just generically apply his art interpretation to that character. And it wasn't super consistent. Like you couldn't use it for a main character, but as we'd create our data sets for characters, we could also take this like overall data set and bring them together. And as the project went on, we were able to get more and more of his style. Terrence translated into the video that we were filming, which was cool. We also, we have Jonah in the room with us today. Yeah. Sorry. I've just been listening. I look, <laughs> this has been what I've been doing. Cause I'm, I'm helping make uh, some of the, the videos about this. So I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm at my desk right now listening to the video that I'm editing and I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. so Jonah's here because Jonah has been uh, basically like co-writing, editing, co-directing, uh, directing, not co-directing, but directing the video essay quarter crew video that just went up yesterday, I believe, relative to this podcast release date. Yeah. Um, and no, it'll be, it'll be in a week. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I got my timelines all screwed up. So there's a video yeah, yeah. essay coming out yeah. in like yeah. five or six it's days. It's coming out same day as... Uh, as anime rock paper scissors on corridor yeah and yeah. jonah what have you been trying to do with that video essay it's it's a very uh delicate video um you know we haven't really talked publicly about 
the response to anime and we haven't talked about what we're doing with the second one since it came out. Uh, and so we're taking this time before the video comes out to really uh, prime the audience on on why we're doing this and what our new process is. And a lot of it kind of is what you just touched on. Uh, some of the biggest things that we're talking about in that video is is this new pipeline, mm -hmm. um, which I, I find really interesting. Um, you know, we're you are designing a new not just a, a a new way of doing animation or what we're saying is in some ways a new art form, but we're finding a new process of doing that. And I'm such a process junkie that that's really the heart of the video for me is mm -hmm. is how to illustrate this process um, because it is not owned by anyone. Uh, this process and I think that's really important like the things that uh, we're showing in this video essay you can do with your friends and there is really nothing stopping you from doing that and so that's our hope with with the video essay is to uh, show people that it is accessible and and also to to be a bit of a um, a beacon of like maybe this is the way that we should do this because it's it's tough and there's a lot of gray area here so hey guys like wait we're waving this flag like this is how we do it mm -hmm. you should maybe you should try and let us know what you think but this is the way that we're navigating this crazy new uh frontier i'm um, not yeah. to say that we're doing it perfectly but but we're we're willing to show you yeah yeah and and we've been i mean it's been really fun to see this come to light um if, i mean we've been inventing like words for positions on the process because <laughs> we, we don't know what to call it like mm -hmm. i've been calling some like dean's been doing processing it's like okay is dean a like a processing artist <laughs> you know it, it, like what does that mean and and so there's, it's been fun inventing new new like positions for it but then also um like just for example, we, we got this in, inquiry the other day from this guy from this much bigger company. And he was asking us specifically if we could do this certain type of commercial for like this idea that they had. And the thing was, is nobody that he had talked to knew like what to do. And, and we barely you know have a, have an idea and that's kind of where where it's at with the use of these tools um it's it's definitely further along than it was six months ago especially a year ago before a lot of this stuff even came out um but yeah it's it's been really funny having conversations with people from these huge companies and them asking us if we have a an idea of how to make these things and that's going well we're kind of experimenting with a pipeline right now so you know, give us some time and we can figure it out and then be like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, it's just been, it's been funny to see. So I'm really glad Jonah that you're documenting all that for people. Of course. Yeah. And, and I, to that point, Jake, like I'm very curious for for you both. It almost feels and definitely from the audience's perspective here, kind of like this was always going to happen. Once it's come out, people would be like, well, of course they were going to do a sequel. Mm -hmm. uh, of course it was going to be better, right? This is just kind of what happens when you make things. But <laughs> I guess my question for the two of you is, what has been the most surprising thing that has happened between the first and the second one? The thing that you didn't expect, the thing that has changed maybe the most 
um, because none of this just kind of happened. It was a lot of trial and error um, and we're carving out all these new paths forward. And I'm sure you've been shocked yourselves yeah. at things that have happened. Yeah, Dean, when you kick it off. Uh, I would say the most, the biggest advancement, I mean, obviously the characters look much better but to me, the biggest advancement has been the backgrounds that Sam has been generating. Yeah. Because I look at what Sam is doing. I mean, it's the same process as the first one. Opening, you know, a 3D environment, take a screenshot, run that through Stable Diffusion, turn it into like a painted um, background. But the aesthetic and the aesthetic is pushed so much further, but also the details are so much more retained yeah mm. and i look at that and i'm like that is already ready i mean there was the big story about netflix was using some ai backgrounds for stuff but that's already ready for studio level yeah you'll see if not already you'll see that in productions yeah within the next year because like the the character stuff i feel like we still we still do some a little bit of cleanup we still do uh things here and there to, to push it a little further but i feel like character stuff is still we're knocking on the door of this is this is ready to go for you mean background stuff uh no the the characters oh, the character stuff you're knocking on yeah. the door for which is because you you like any ai process it sort of smooths out some nuance of mm -hmm. performance and of things of that nature so and I, but I feel like, you know, there's some tech that's just around the corner that will push it over the line where it's like, okay, this is, you know, ready for like a feature film or something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been cool to see. I mean, we always joke about like every week we're like, oh, this new thing just came out. That's going to make this. 50 to 100 percent better um yeah and that you're always like do i upgrade or do i just write it out it's like do i invalidate all the work i did up to this point <laughs> yeah no, i the can backgrounds... see that in the um in one of the drafts that i watched uh i could see <laughs> where you guys you started using the control net <laughs> technique yeah and the new work <laughs> i could, stuff. I could yeah. very clearly and visually see it in the in the timeline of the piece well and that was the that was the very end of the first one when control net came when out. control net came out which essentially well here don't steal my big moment oh okay oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah no that's uh, that's obviously <laughs> that, that, that might be nico's answer yeah but uh so yeah so just just to finish what you're saying with backgrounds though like taking an unreal engine screenshot and then you know sam is just basically saying make it look like it's the exact same screenshot but just painted with watercolors like he's there's no specific artist or anything like that being called into it it's just literally how would this line have been drawn if it was done with a pencil versus if done with pixels and that's all it is it's just a, a medium transfer but it looks so nice and now all the details persist so well because of control net so that totally changed the game on the backgrounds and then to me the other big thing was well i'm gonna tell it as a little bit of a story because it's always nice a little bit of drama mm -hmm. so we start working on anime rock paper scissors too because we're like you know what we need to come back we need to do it better you know, show people what we got. A lot of people loved Rock, Paper, Scissors 1. Some people were very angry by Rock, Paper, Scissors 1. Needless to say, it made a mark across the board. And we're like, well, we got it. We have to make a second one. We can't just step away from this, right? We have to take a shot. So we're like, we're going to do it better. We're going to do it bigger. We're going to do it faster. We're going to be cool. <laughs> and we start doing our shots. And 
we did this scene where we have a scene where we're young boys and we're like more like generic anime characters and it was working really well. And we're like, damn, this is a really big step up. And it was basically just the refined process from the first rock, paper, scissors with the addition of control net, which lets you kind of constrain the image a little bit more, which is great for us because we're putting it onto a video of us acting out as these characters. Um, but as we got to the part where we're older and we're adults, it just wasn't working very well. It was really flickery. It was hard to get the art style to come through. And we were struggling and we were struggling and we're like, man, this is just gonna be a slog. We have to do this for 400 shots. You know, this is gonna be impossible. Um, and I'd seen there's this, this tool called Warp Fusion, and you've probably seen versions of it where like you know it's probably like a TikTok dance and it's going through a bunch of different filters, or it's like this a warpy thing where it just goes through like just LSD style visuals. Um, but I'd seen some of those coming out recently, and like they're a lot more persistent with details than they had been in the past. And the guy who makes Warp Fusion, Alex, had implemented this reconstructed noise thing that we had used in our first rock paper scissors. He had incorporated that into Warp as well um, from my request. And I was like, you know what? It's time to jump back in and take another look at this program. And I basically locked myself in the office for like a whole day. Didn't talk to anyone. Worked on one single shot. Like, because you have to go in, like read this weird archaic code. And you're trying to figure everything out, like navigating through GitHubs and Pythons and, you know, various installs and stuff. And then finally, by the end of the day, working my way through all these parameters, I have no idea what any of them even mean. Like, oh, what's your flow latent blend schedule? It's like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't oh, know what bro, that even does. You know your flow latent blend schedule? Come on. <laughs> I mean, should it be oh. 0, 40 or what? No, I don't know. dude, 0, 35 at the we, most. We actually settled on 0, 60 and 0, 6 in a clip uh, max what? of 0. 0.1. You're insane. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's the insane. example of like what we're trying to figure out here. It's just like it's these weird. It could be just glurber factor and like blorber factor. And like you just come up with a number until it looks good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyways locked myself in the office figured it out got a shot out and it was way better it was way more stable it was way more co consistent way more clear and i remember showing you d and you're like that's pretty good and yeah i'm like yeah it's pretty good and then like the next week we come back after the weekend i start running some more shots i think actually no i ran them all throughout the weekend i didn't stop like everyone home for the weekend i used every single computer in the office <laughs> to test every parameter in that program and just run things i was running eight machines simultaneously side by side for about 48 hours straight and then on monday everybody comes back i'm like guys i figured it out <laughs> this project is saved it's gonna be rad check it out and then i'm showing everybody these warps and they're just we, we call them warps now because they come out of warp fusion and they're just the cleanest like ai rotoscope basically that you could possibly imagine and it just holds so much potential because when you can fine-tune this a diffusion model to represent something that you want to represent you could like for example you could make a character in metahuman you could render out a bunch of angles of that character wearing whatever costume. And then you could fine tune a diffusion model to replicate that character. And now like using warp fusion, for example, stick that onto video right. of yourself. This and is turn where yourself things in get insane. This yeah, is, yeah. This is like, this is the crazy part. That's hard to even comprehend because five years ago, this was an insane concept. Yeah. But that's it, for, what you can do. You can Yeah, forget cartoons for a second. Like right. anime is cool and all, but it's not about anime. We're doing this because of what this really is is the world's most powerful visual effects program. Yeah. So you can take it's, a video and you can turn it into anything. I could turn you into an alien, I could turn you into a monster, I could turn you into a bug. Like I could take a metahuman character, render out 200 pictures of it, fine tune a model to replicate that metahuman character, and then I can record you doing a dance 
and I'll just turn you into the metahuman character rather than having to motion capture you, import the motion capture animation, render it out in Blender. You don't have to do any of that, right? Theoretically, right? Once again, we are not in that world yet. This is us dreaming big, but we are taking steps to get to that world. And, and there was little things that were, have been done in anime, rock, paper, scissors too, even like, mm -hmm. for example, we didn't use this exact method. I won't reveal the, the secret sauce until you get to that point in the, the process, but we had to do some shots and we effectively used what would be like, oh, meta human character doing this in this pose with this costume on and then ran it through the filters that were built by this point. Mm -hmm. And it was in a matter of five minutes of just <laughs> getting, getting this specific frame from this one program and then running it through the next program. And then in 15 minutes we had this shot that we needed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a still, but still it doesn't matter. It's like you could do it with shots too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been the process. Like as we've gotten to the end of the process, I think we're, our like imaginations are opening up to the possibilities of like, oh, if I need this thing, all I need to do is this. Like, uh, if yeah. I need, like, I have the model of Jordan Allen's character, <clears throat> and there's a shot where I need a group of his character in the background. He's, he's, a, he's like, a soldier. He plays every soldier in this world. <laughs> yeah. The kingdom is played by one man, which is Jordan Allen. He's like the Oompa Loompas of this yeah, kingdom. But he's very. <laughs> That's very but, anime, you know, yeah. they draw one guy and then just have him do a bunch of different stuff. <laughs> so uh, in, you know, uh, with ControlNet, you can use uh, this thing called open pose, which basically looks at a photo of a person, gets the pose, and then tries to apply your prompt, if it's a person, apply that pose to that character, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I would just be like, oh, I need a group of people. I would, I would type in group of soldiers on the internet grab the poses from that group of soldiers and then put jordan allen in the po and he <laughs> now it's just jordan allen sitting around like a bunch of like exactly <laughs> like the the shot right right you know, it's, it's it, crazy and then it's like i you know go in photoshop use ai tools of photoshop to just instantly s select the subjects cut them out and then i can just put them in the background of a shot duplicate them and it's just like within literally five minutes i have like a a bunch of Jordan Allen's just walk around in the background. Yeah. And the magic there, like the magic there is that we're creating our own like fine tuned model. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where it, where it all comes together is that we've, we're creating a character, we're creating the style, we're bringing it all together, generating these pictures of the character, creating a whole data set for that and being like, okay, only draw this, learn how to only draw this, take all this generalized knowledge that, you know, you have as a general model of how to draw everything and then learn how to just apply it all to this. And once you do that, now it's like, okay, I have, I have a model. I have a little neural network that can bring this one character to life. And then, you know, do poses, do video. I can't wait to keep doing this and then have like what is a virtual archive that we, <laughs> which is basically like a warehouse. And it's like, you have little potions on the shelf and it's like, Ooh, what's that? Oh, that's uh late eighties and early nineties cinema. <laughs> that's, that's, that is. Oh, it's this one. oh yeah. This is uh blade runner. That's the Blade Runner feature. Like, We're capturing souls. Like we have yeah. so many people, like so many models made of people that like you, there's just this folder on the server now of like, you can generate pictures of any of us doing anything. <laughs> it's too much power. Sam's got my damn voice too now. Yeah, Sam's got your voice. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be the villain of anime Rock, Paper, Scissors 3, oh, I, but you I don't so. know. 
Yeah, yeah you get to use. Be, yeah, yeah, you guys aren't even going to tell me. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally, exactly. you guys have enough information now where you wouldn't even have to tell me. You could yeah. you just go, hey, we need this. We need, we're going to make metahuman. We're going to do a face filter. We're going to run it a couple different ways. <laughs> got your voice. Yeah. But Nico, did you get to finish the warp fusion point? Because that is obviously the most important part, I mean, that, part of the that, process. Really, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we're trying to replicate right now. We're trying to replicate hand animation because it's such a work time consuming work and in- work intensive time consuming process that while there is a lot of creativity, there is also a lot of tedium. Like, let's be real. You draw a key pose, you draw another key pose. You still got to fill in all those frames and that that can get pretty dang tedious. That is not necessarily a fun artistic endeavor. That's there's no other way to do this. So we have to do it by man- manual hand labor. Right. Um and this was this was, process was initially inspired by us wanting to make an anime, but not not knowing how to have that pipeline, not having those traditional skills, but also being like, let's just not even go that route right now. Like, let's just oh, we're trying to just kind of touch upon the aesthetic. Is there another way we can do it? You know, and we jumped to the AI version of that. But yeah, it's like when we started using Warp Fusion, like the lines and the clothes stayed in the same spot and the wrinkles stayed in the same spot and you didn't have to deflicker it to have that happen. It just, it was stable right from the get-go and that was such a, like, it was so cool to run it out of the program and before you even start deflickering or anything like that, you can just look at it and be like, oh, that's that's beautiful. Looks great. I can see the expression. I can see the lip sync. It's wonderful. Like, to see that already before it gets processed and all VFXed up, it was that's what really like energized us and yeah. helped push us forwards. And it's funny because it's really the second half of the of the piece where the faces and all the characters it starts to look really good. Specifically mm-hmm. like you and Ivy's character Elizabeth, like there's a dialogue scene between you two where I'm like, "Oh my god, th- that's that looks like real anime." Like that's at the beginning of the first one. Mhm what we were hoping to achieve one day. Yep. And that's yeah. like the full uh yeah, full embodiment of that. I, I think we're that. only I mean there's always going to be little nuances with how it produces out a shot, but and and but the nice thing is that that'll become part of the style over mm-hmm. time. That and that'll become recognizable with a certain era of a certain style of this type of tool for storytelling, but I, th- I think we're only like one or two more of these away from really having an almost imperceivable difference between traditional hand animation and frame animation and this. Yeah. Well, in terms the, of the temporal consistency. In and, terms of know. the consistency, yeah. Because, of yeah, course, yeah. hand animation has the ability to move and warp in ways that real life doesn't. Yeah. But that's not to say like, so what if you instead train a model on your cartoon character well, and you just yeah. draw your cartoon character as a line drawing, but you've trained it up so then it can just automatically get colored yeah. and inked and that's, shaded. That's and, the and most exciting getting, part. We're yeah. getting into this territory too where we can do 3D models. We can do really mm-hmm. ri- rudimentary 3D models and have them do things like right like now. You can liquefy doing, video to make it all wobbly in the cartoon. Yeah. Yep. We've been yeah. doing everything, you know, humans, green screen, very, very like working, playing to the strengths of what the program can provide. But, mm-hmm. you know, you get into this world with animation where you say, oh, well, why aren't they having a fight with mechanical T-Rexes in the middle of the ocean? It's animation. <laughs> you can do anything. Well, with a little bit of either hand animating that mm-hmm. or 3D animating that, you, you, you can get there 
yeah in a couple more steps yeah it's it's really exciting stuff and like i there's such a broad like way of looking at this that like you know i don't want people to get too caught up and like oh you just turned video into an anime cool like it's like yeah i know but like you can turn this is the world's best visual like video filter right you can turn anything into anything and like imagine you know busting out a really mediocre 3d render of a character and just being like make it look like it was rendered with a, a better rendering engine you yeah. know or like just here's you know my character acting in a 3d program it's like cool just make it a little more detailed and get rid of the uncanny valley effect. You know, it's like you can still have all this power and all this creative control, but the tedium and those little bits and bobs, they don't have to be like, they don't have to be something you have to deal with if you don't want to. Not yet, but we're on the path. That's, that's yeah. the future we're looking towards, right? That's what we're trying to get to. I feel like the, the 3D applications are super exciting because it is almost a rendering yeah, engine. It is a rendering engine. Because the thing is a lot of... uh a lot of the data that you can get out of a 3D program like depth, like normal maps, those are things now that you can use uh, with ControlNet and other things that are coming out to inform the image generations. So it's like 3D is actually the optimal uh, use case because you can just, like you're saying, you can take the most basic render and make it look like anything you want. It's not, like you're saying, it's it's not just we're we're doing animation we're doing i mean it could like think of all the um visual mediums that are like almost impossible to to make uh feature length films out of like the there was the what was the van gogh yeah film? the straight up oil every frame's an oil painting yeah oh which God. is like oh that's so like, much work so much work and like you're saying like most of it is a, a ton of tedium but like what if you as an artist you can paint one frame and then train a model on that. Yeah. And then, and then you that. only paint frames that you think need expression. Yeah. You know? Right. And this is where, yeah. yes, this is where the tedium becomes useful because mm. you can define and, and create new styles through that tedium without having to do it every single time just to get the end result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the real thing that i don't know if people quite get but that to me that's like the biggest value yeah like it can step in to the parts of the process that you as the artist don't want to do like if you want to do a yeah. step you could totally do that step and improve it on in that way but like back to anime i really think you know like this way of approaching things you could never do like the uh what's that shot in uh, attack on titan where is it Levi who's like yeah, going like through, flying the, through the street and flying stuff. through the street? You can't do that with this process, but you could do, I mean, how many dialogue scenes where in anime are there where there's just two characters mm -hmm. sitting across from each other and the mouth is just moving, right? Yeah. Like, but an artist has to sit there and draw, you know, each one of those new frames of the character. Like that's the stuff that you could just train a model on the character from, you know, not just... 20 drawings, but 100 drawings, 150 drawings. And now for the dialogue scenes, boop, you're done that. You can mm -hmm. focus on the voice acting, all the other things that are important for those sequences. <clears throat> and then you have even more animation bandwidth and time to put into the awesome scenes that people talk about with the craziest uh, you know, 2D uh intentional animation there's very much like a glass half full versus glass half empty perspective here where i think a lot of people look at a process like this that 
makes things easier. And like, well, that's just going to eliminate, that's just going to eliminate artists. And what's been our experience here at Corridor is it just means the amount of artists we have can now output bigger and better things. So you can always, you can look at things like this, tools that empower people. You can always look at it as like, well, I guess it just means you need less people. But I think history, if you look at it in this process, when it's happened with other endeavors, while there can be shifts and things like that, the reality is, is that it just enables more output from the same amount of people. You know, I, I'm sure sh- industries are going to shift, not necessarily because yeah, of this tool, specifically, just in general. There'll be that there'll be, you know, some shifts within the way that things have been traditionally done. But at the same time, because of those shifts, there will also be exactly what you're saying, which is more potential for more stories and more output. And then the things that you do that make your story special, you can really focus on without some of the tedium and without some of the regularity that comes with the traditional process. So right. that that's ultimately what's going to happen. I think, I mean, I, I don't know how else it couldn't at this point. Gonna, yeah. It, we're still a ways out, but it's yeah. like people, people are acting like this is going to kill, just kill art. Like, oh, <laughs> right. art's going to suck now, but it's like, <laughs> right. no, art is about the people consuming it. It's about the people who are receiving that art. I mean, that's where art happens is the people like consuming it. And like, they're going to always gravitate towards things that are cool and that they fuck with, you know? And, uh, <laughs> If you're making lazy, I think the accurate term is AI, fucks with. Fucks <laughs> with it. Yeah, but if you're making lazy stuff, that's bottom of the barrel. Nobody's gonna care. Yeah, but like right. you know, the new Spider Verse movie came out this year, and every frame is l- labored over and obsessed over the tiniest details. And and that movie was extremely successful, and people have myself included, deeply moved by that movie and um, the amount of artistry that goes into it. And that's never going to disappear. But it's like now with a movie like that, there's even more that's that's yeah. possible. It's like we get to spend our time laboring over every frame of anime, rock, paper, scissors, too, because the tedious aspect of like filming it, getting it turned into a cartoon, getting it cut out. That's not tedious anymore. Yeah. You know, getting it cut out from background. Easy. Green screen. Right. That's that's way easier. I don't just sit there and rotoscope it. Cool. Technology made it faster for me, you know? Turning it into a cartoon, I don't have to trace every single frame. I don't have to rotoscope it by hand. I can use a computer to do that. But now I get to sit there and spend my time animating it and figuring out how I want to light it, what's the composition going to be, and how do things flow and how do they move and how does the edit feel and how's the music. Like I get to focus on the things that actually like really emotionally make a difference. It's like I get to focus on the color of the house rather than like still digging the hole that the foundation blocks are gonna go in, you know. And there's also an element of because certain things are so much less time intensive now, if a moment's not working, it's just, just like, it. oh, let's co- right. totally recontextualize this moment. Or like we just had something like that where it was like, oh, this shot doesn't really work. Let's just do a different angle. I'll, you know, go stand in this pose. I'll, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas I'm sure with traditional animation, it's like, that's the <laughs> drawing we got. I'm really excited to introduce some more things in hopefully in the next one (laughs) or wherever we wherever this goes after this but some things that aren't just the green screen like film footage it's the drama is great and i think the storytelling kind of like makes it what it is Mm -hmm. um which is how our anime videos have always been but like 
when can we introduce like a 3D animal or like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I like think, when can I think we it's... start getting really crazy with this stuff? I mean, I think it'd be cool to do like a horror piece of the monster that's like this vague, like amalgamation of shapes where like you think you pin it down for a second, but then it kind of shifts underneath your eyes. Mm. Like, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a million things to explore here. And we're just, we're getting that first step out. And be, I just want people to know we're actually going to be doing a full on three part tutorial. Jonah's also kind of spearheading that as well. We're going to go into everything here, which is how to fine tune and train your own model on your own characters and your own art style, how to run all this diffusion stuff, how to use warp fusion, how to process your video into a cartoon, and then how to do the compositing, which like the unsung hero, well, the unsung hero and all this is the backgrounds, but the second most unsung hero, the real unsung hero <laughs> is the compositing, which is like, it's, you know, no one's excited about compositing anymore, right? Who gives a, a crap? <laughs> but mm -hmm. at the same time with this process, it, compositing was a joy. That was the, yeah. the sandbox. That was us with yeah. our action figures making cool moments. And there's all these great tricks you can apply to take your footage and just make it amazing. Compositing is an art and sort of like a genre of visual effects unto itself. A hundred percent. As it, as it is like, it's, yeah, it's its own thing completely. I don't think a lot of people know what compositing even is, you know, like in, mm -hmm. in terms of the subsection of visual effects, but it's the, the basic idea for those of you who don't know, is just, you get all these parts together you get all these, what would you say, at least to the compositor would be raw material. Plates. You have your, yeah, you have your plates, you have your footage, you have your, you take, you take all these different images and now it's the compositor's job to actually make them look like they belong in the same frame mm -hmm. lighting and texture and yeah, it's yeah little imperfections yeah all of that stuff well and also in this because we have these plates of animated characters but they're just you know it's a static background and sometimes a static character it's also on you to i mean really animate it in a yeah mm -hmm. in the traditional sense of like i'm gonna punch in at this moment I'm going to move the character there. I'm going to, I mean, even sometimes like warp the arm or something. Sam was doing a lot of that on these like big punching shots. And um, I think it is still, that is still, you know, animation. Mm -hmm. Like especially, yeah, some of the craziest shots in the piece are just it's like, yeah, we put a cool video filter on it, but we basically like animated this <laughs> shot, you know? Yeah, the video filter is like, five percent ten percent of the process <laughs> i think yeah. uh, i think that kind of exemplifies the concept you were talking about where you get to this point where the first one the concentration really was on like the technology like the ai tools and then because it you guys dialed it in so much exactly like what you're saying with like if this was used in traditional animation it's like well, you just got to spend time doing the stuff that you really want to and if if there's a, a difference that i saw between the first and the second one, surprise, I've seen it. We've all seen it here. Uh, <laughs> it's that there is so much more animation to it. There's so much more love in the compositing and the, the, the way that you guys, man. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is so, so much. Uh, I can tell so much love has gone into that. And it's only because you guys have had the space to do that. Yeah. And I'm really curious to see as, as these tools evolve and we get into using them more how that's going to evolve because that's your guys are building a style really mm -hmm. um, that hasn't really been done before. Uh, and just from seeing the iteration into the second one, I think it's really promising because it's, it's immediately fulfilling that ideal, which is like, 
if we make part of the process easier, will it let us make more interesting art? And the jump from the first to the second was like, yes, yes, it will. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. really fun. Like, I mean, I'm saying as if it's done and uploaded, but like technically there's like a little more work to do, <laughs> but it was really fun. Like parts of it were, were work, of course, but all of it was like really inspiring. And the, the rate at which like the material would come out and you could like be making stuff was something that like really at least kept me going. Because it's one thing to like, let's say you're working on a, a, a crazy VFX shot and you spend a whole day building the scene. Cool. You come in the next day. Now you start setting up the scene for your animation and you run your sim or something like that. Cool. And then you render it that night. You wait 12 hours for the thing to finish. You come back the next day. Ah, you forgot to flip this layer off. Fix it all. Tweak yeah, things yeah. again. Come the next day. So like now it's grinding you down, right? Yeah. And sure, you get some results here and there, but you got like days and days of just like grind before you get something out. Whereas this this time it's like, try something. Hit a button. Wait a minute. Okay. Tweak a little bit. Give it another minute. Okay. Tweak a little bit more. One more minute. Okay, cool. That's good. Hit, send that off to bake. Come back an hour later. Okay, it's done. Bring in your compositing program. Immediately start compositing. Hit play in real time. Okay, put it here. Put it here. Do this. Do this. Let's add some light. Let's add this. Let's do it. You're like, you're like a chef just throwing food into the <laughs> thing. You know, you're not sitting there like hoeing the field, waiting for the corn to grow. Like you're there at the stove cooking the whole time. The fun yeah. stuff. You the know, creativity mm -hmm. is so much more fluid. I think in mm -hmm. that sense because you're really, you're not, like you're not really thinking about constraints anymore. Which is like. You know, on one hand, creativity needs constraints, but obviously mm -hmm. there's still constraints, constraints of of time, of what the story needs, all this stuff. But like every shot, like every shot, it now becomes a question of like, how do I elevate this? Because mm -hmm. it's already got it already looks cool. It's already got an animated character in there. Like all that work is done. How do I tell the story even harder yep. in this shot. And that was a question Sam took to heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's you know it's a good process when Sam is just like delivering you like five to eight insane After Effects animations a day. And you're like, how are you doing this? Yeah. How are you Let's getting the, Sam, how are you man. making these shots, first of all, and how are you getting so many of them through the pipe? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I feel like I'd walk up Once to him. Once he and be gets like, going, dude, you just, yeah. you just get out of his way. I'd like ask him a question and be like, oh yeah, you just throw a gradient on it. And I'm like, but how does it look <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah. It's like a gradient. I put a gradient on it. It doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when we were working on Battlefield and like, you know, we had a VFX house too, the vast majority of the VFX. There was like 15 to 20 shots that like Sam just wasn't happy with. And the thing was like, we had, the thing had to be like, you know, cut print in like a day. And Sam's just like, I'm just going to do them. And like Sam, you're like the director, one of the producers. Like, I don't, you're not even part of the VFX house. I don't think you should really do this. He's like, no, I'm just gonna do them. We have the footage. I'm just gonna do them. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure we have like maybe like eight hours before it's due? He's like, I'm, I'm fine. And he does like all of them, and they're all amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like Sam really ruins your expectations when you're trying to deal with any other like. That, is that when he did that shop. insane like? 15 layered explosion shot yeah he did like Gas the melting explosion. gold room yeah, yeah just like the right. ball blows up yeah. and like the smoke gets pulled out through the like the yeah. new hole and just like, <laughs> like, how are you animating all this yeah so good i uh, i remember well basically you you said warp fusion came out at the beginning of or right at the end of anime one control net or control net and then we got warp fusion mm -hmm. and you were telling me today oh right that you've run into a similar problem yes uh, 
So, I mean, this one is anticipated. We knew this was going to come out towards yeah. the end of this project, whereas ControlNet was a surprise. But every single project, we do have to rush them a little bit because the, the AI stuff moves so fast. But today, SDXL dropped. I don't know if that's what you're... Yeah, that's exactly... Okay. I just teed you right up. <laughs> Take it away. I appreciate it. You, in fact, you were so on the nose of that queue up that I had to kind of spoil it by <laughs> clarifying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, we were... Our fine tunes are based off the generalized Stable Diffusion 1.5 model, which is basically a model that's looked at every picture on the internet, so to speak. So you tell it what a tree is, you say a tree, it knows what a tree is. A cloud knows what a cloud is. And it's Picasso, like anybody, right? So anything, anybody, the model, the model generally knows everything. So when you fine tune it, onto like your own art style, it doesn't like forget what a hand looks like. And that, you know, it can represent like a hand in your art style, but at least if it sees a picture of a hand, it generally knows what they look like. Ironically, I'm using hands as an example, considering how it usually does a bad job of hands. But today they dropped SDXL, which is a new, basically a new open source generalized model they've been working on for months and months and months. And it's weird in this world of AI where everything is moving so fast and always so fresh. It's weird to think that we've been on a model that's almost a year old yeah you know everything else is so new but this model we've been using is almost a year old we've been fine-tuning it of course making it our own thing but you know i, I just i wonder what would happen if we fine-tune the new model and i'm sure i'm sure like in three weeks we'll try it out we'll try some other you know new like tweaks and improvements that have happened and it's just gonna make rock paper scissors to look irrelevant <laughs> but you know what <laughs> that's the game and then i'm down for that because also at the end of the day if you're if you're doing your pieces the right way, if you're making your art the right way, it doesn't really matter what the technology is. As long as it's fun to watch and it serves the purpose it needs and it tells a story and it's just a good time, then who cares? Who cares if it's made with Play-Doh or if it's made with, you know, by Pixar? As long as the story is good and that the medium serves the story and it works. Yeah, and that's like you guys have made tons of anime videos and they were live action. They were live action. <laughs> yeah. And it's no it's it's no different. I think there's just there's the excitement around, oh, this is new technology that's making these visuals possible. And, you know, visuals, they're like a spectacle. It's just like a big stunt in a movie. It's mm -hmm. like this is really cool to watch. But at the end of the day, what you're saying it's all about the characters, it's all about the story. Are you engaged with these people and what's happening in their in their lives? Yeah. And um and that's been another thing that's been super fun about this one is like there's a bunch of new characters and you know the characters have a little bit more depth now and like mm -hmm. there's just and that's like kind of an anime thing where it's like season two of the anime like this character is now totally flipped you mm -hmm. know and, and you get to see that side of them and and like that that will always be the most rewarding stuff no matter what the technology is is like the story and the yeah, characters. And, and, yeah and some of the advancements will slow down eventually it's just mm -hmm. right now as with any breakthrough we're in a breakthrough period and so there's just like all these things that are happening based upon you know this this new sort of structure that's been introduced for how to write these machine learning programs and that that'll slow down and it'll stabilize and then you know the, the, the it'll hit like a like a peak phase of the technology and the use and the expression. I mean, and you look back on any format and you can see this, uh, whether it's, you know, film or, uh, yeah. music or yeah, it, it's, it's, it's all got that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything marches forward, right? It's, it's yeah. interesting to see. 
But, you know, the first rock, paper, scissors, we had two characters, three if you count the king, the dead king, who doesn't move <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, in the new rock, paper, scissors, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have eight characters. Um, in the first rock, paper, scissors, we have one environment. And I'm not even going to try to count them in the second one, but we have like 15 environments in the in the second one. Um, the first rock, paper, scissors was about six to seven minutes long. The new one is probably about 15, 16 minutes long. We have our very own custom written intro theme song for rock, paper, scissors too, which is honestly probably the pinnacle of all the work that we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm most excited um, about that as well. Yeah, I don't really quite know how to pronounce his last name, but David Maxim, Maxim McChick, McKick, I can't quite pronounce it, but he's this amazing metal guitarist and song composer, um, and he wrote the song for us. Uh, you guys check him out on Spotify. and Yeah, we'll put a link in the description. But more um, like the, th the thing I'm honestly, at the end of the day, proud of most with Rock, Paper, Scissors 2 is just that there is a, an actual full story with a full character arc and like the the rock paper scissors games and the ai filters and all that stuff was just a way for us to open a door to your heart and introduce you to king phil and prince jewels in the land of ragovia <laughs> and get you invested in the story yeah so that's it i'm excited yeah man it's gonna be great i hope people really like it um, and I'm, I'm personally excited to just get this, the next part of the story out there. And yeah. it was really cool to see the world expand. So yeah, yeah um, it'll be coming you, out on Saturday. Yes. On and I gotta say Digital. one more thing on quarter digital, quarter .com. Yeah. So this only exists because of the subscribers on CorridorDigital.com. So all of you who are listening to this right now, who are part of the website, thank you so much. Because there's no way we could take four months plus right. to do an experimental, like hyper cutting edge technologically <laughs> experimental anime narrative. Well, what are, yeah. We're, we, yeah. There's we're no like... way to be able to do that on YouTube AdSense. <laughs> and there's like, no there's no way to be able to do that with a brand integration. This no. like this only exists no. because yeah. people are like, hey, we think it's cool what you guys are making and it's entertaining and fun and we want to see more of it. So thank you so much. Yeah. You guys are going to get to see rock, paper, scissors very shortly here. I have tutorials, all this cool stuff. And if you've been thinking about subscribing, well, if you like episode two and you want to see an episode three or you want to see those tutorials, right now's a great time. <laughs> that was funny when, uh, when the first one came out and we put the tutorials behind the paywall, and mm -hmm. some people on YouTube were very upset about that because it was like, <laughs> oh my God, how can you? And uh, the thing was though, is like literally if we hadn't have done that and, mm -hmm. and bring some people over to check that out, about half of the financing that we needed to make the second one wouldn't have happened. It just yep. wouldn't have happened. And there's no, yep. it's fun to be, you know, like pie in the sky about it and be like, oh, well, you know, can't you just give it away? And it's like, no, you, literally like we can't. <laughs> we had we have to generate the money somewhere to pay to to make it to make it mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's that's been directly because uh website members and uh yeah. yeah but the cool thing is it's we don't need a netflix user base you know we just right. need you we just need you right. guys watching this right now it's 
we can actually support this kind of media, this kind of art. We don't need 225 million global subscribers, <laughs> we guys. We don't, with which a is amazing. dollars stock valuation. It's okay. We just need people who are passionate about what we make to support right. us, and that's all we need. And that's I, all you can really ask for. That's like know? the future of this stuff, man. It's yeah, like, it's beautiful. You can build a little community with people who like the same stuff that you like, and now you can make these giant sweeping narratives mm -hmm. with this stuff and that's that's what's super exciting to me is like it's actually going to be possible for the little guy <laughs> to make our big because you know we all like we all got into this because we wanted to make you know s monsters shooting robots and whatever you know like yeah like crazy imaginary stuff and like this is it feels like it's finally possible with like putting this out like a full episode of something yep yeah Hundred percent. It's cool that it's like it's not a comprom not compromise, but it's not. We have to do a two minute YouTube short. You know, we got to make a real story. And yeah, I know it's not a feature length movie. That's okay, <laughs> but it's still a real story. And like that's just it feels really good. Yeah, that that's that's the thing that I like best about it is is we're not thinking about oh well you know it has to be this long or it's too short or we got to make a compromise. It's just we're just telling the story of the universe, and we're not worried mm -hmm. about how long each episode is. Or how long it could or should or would be. It's just here's here's the next episode, and then here's the next episode, and then here's the next episode, and you can follow along as a viewer. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. That's it. Just enjoy. Right. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. I'm I'm glad we can finally tell the world because we've like we've just been doing this behind closed doors. Yeah. We just we're like we're gonna yeah. get it out there. We're gonna get it done. Let's not say anything until it's ready, and it's ready. Yeah. So it's finally coming out. One week. Yep. I'll see you guys at quarterdigital.com. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks for joining everybody. And uh, Jonah, I hope that you took more notes during this podcast. Or... I legitimately did. That's the crazy part is that I wrote down two things from this podcast. We'll talk about them after. Um, but yeah, look out. Look, definitely look out for the video essay that's coming out um, on Saturday as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it, it is a lot of what we discussed here, but you'll be able to see firsthand um, what it looks like to, to do this uh, and how you can do it yourself. Yeah. And as someone who's, uh, you know, spearheading the tutorials, I'm very passionate about getting that knowledge out there. So me too. It's, it's not just for us. It's for you. Um, yeah. All these tools are open source. Like that, yeah. that's per yeah. perhaps why it feels that's like it moves insane. so fast is because this isn't happening behind like a corporate wall. Yeah. It's just all happening on the open. Yeah. And yeah, it's so cool that you can just download it. Just do it. You yeah. don't have to pay anybody. You don't have to ask for permission. Make a tutorial. Show you how that'll come in like another fifteen years when corporate America <laughs> takes over their interests. But for now, it's free, boys. You got a little bit of time still. Yep. I mean, we got we'll a little always, bit of, we'll we got always a window. have the stable diffusion one point five. <laughs> we'll always have stable diffusion one point five. <laughs> like it's downloaded on my computer. I'm gonna it's put true. it on a thumb it's drive, like, bury it in the ground. <laughs> it's hands though. It's hands. Yeah. Well, like control net five point yeah. whatever by the time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well. well Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I'm super excited for the next few weeks here as we roll this stuff out. Yep. Can't Thanks wait. for watching and uh, have a great day. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>